With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome in, everybody. It is the SI Gambling Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Ben Heisler flying solo today. Uh, really exciting interview as we start to look forward to the big game in a couple of weeks. Uh, of course, for anybody looking to wager uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, I encourage you to check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. The link is right in the podcast description. Uh, and especially if you're a new user, you can double your money if a touchdown is scored in the game. And uh, with a total right now sitting at about, oh, I don't know, 56 and a half, 57 between Kansas City and Tampa Bay, I would imagine that we might see a touchdown here and there. So great opportunity to go ahead, especially if you are a new user. Actually, it is sitting at 56. So yes, the total is moving in the wrong direction of touchdowns, but it's still uh, a total of 56. But I I wanted to bring on a a guest today uh, that really is about the future of how we consume sports uh, as viewers, how we consume sports as betters. Uh, and it goes back to, you know, how a lot of us are, are taking in our sports now. You know, I'm a streamer when it comes to television content. I cut the cord a few years back to save some money, had the PlayStation View, I had YouTube TV, and they made a solid product, but I spent $20 that drastically changed how I approach in-play and live betting, and all that was was an HD antenna. So, For football, some college basketball even, I'm now watching the broadcast as opposed to streaming the broadcast, and I'm now in time, sometimes even slightly ahead of the books. And so while I think I've created sort of this temporary solution, especially if my internet were to go out, which is why I bought the antenna in the first place, there is a larger problem at hand. And that is if you were a streaming service or a television company or, or any sort of company looking to offer live programming, it is in your best interest to have as many of your consumers watching together in real time. It's best for the viewer. It's good for the social media and engagement experience. And it's also profitable for the media company to be able to create more revenue from advertisers. And so 
this leads me to bringing in Jed Korenthal, who's the chief marketing officer for a company called Phoenix. And this is an area that Jed has extensive experience in. And I wanted to bring him on today to help sort out how we as sports bettors, uh, what we may be able to do to help and find a long-term fix to this pretty big problem for millions of Americans that are streaming their sports content. So Jed, it's good to have you on the program. I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks so much. Ben, it's a pleasure. Uh, what can I say? You, your introduction is, uh, I, I may hire you as my head of sales. Wow. <laughs> I, for, for somebody that has very little experience in, in the sales world, I uh, certainly will use this uh, as an opportunity to get a raise from my bosses and go back and forth. So I and, I, and you can use me as a reference. I'll be happy to do it. Oh, there you go. You have a conversation for a minute or two, and all of a sudden we're, we're building there it is. something here. So, um, so Phoenix, your company, um, and it's spelled P-H-E-N-I-X, uh, what you guys do is you help media companies uh, stream content in real time. And please tell me if I'm not doing justice to, to what you guys do, but I'd love to know the story of how this all came together from the point that sort of somebody, whether it be your, your CEO or whoever started the company, where they came to that realization of, you know, this is, this is a problem for consumers and we need to do something to try and fix it. Absolutely. So, uh, so our founder, um, has been in the streaming space, and I use the term streaming kind of loosely because he's been doing it for over 20 years. And 20 years ago, there was very little of any real streaming. I mean, the guy wrote his dissertation on live streaming in 2002, and I'm not really sure what live streaming existed in 2002. So I was still to going to Blockbuster bit, in, in 2002. Yeah, to say he's a bit of a visionary is kind of an understatement, but... Um, so he really, um, you know, has been doing this for quite some time. Um, you know, he's probably one of 10 or 15 people in the world that have the knowledge that he has, which is lucky for us um, that he's been able to build what we built. I think what it comes down to is he's had this vision of streaming the Olympics opening ceremony to a billion people in real time and, and at the same time. And that's been sort of our you know, our mantelpiece, if you will, our mantra for how do we strive to get to that point? And, you know, he made a bet about six years ago when we started the company um, that people would want to consume and watch their content in real time. At the time, streaming was around for a while, um, but most of the, conf the companies that were streaming video were using a, an older protocol um, called HLS, which stands for HTTP Live Streaming. And it basically was developed, um, well, it wasn't even developed for video initially, but it was developed to help the broadcasters, if you will, um, stream to a large audience, like in broadcast quality. So that's, and it's still used today. I mean, most of the broadcasters, the, the Super Bowl will be streamed by CBS on their streaming platforms using a form of HLS technology. The problem with HLS is that it comes with, innately, it comes with what's known as latency or delay in the stream. So when you, as you mentioned, YouTube TV, so if you were to watch the game, in fact, I was at a friend's house watching the championship games, and we were about 30, 35 seconds behind um, the broadcast, which is, of course, about seven or 10 seconds behind the field. So when you add that up, you're looking at something that if you've got a second screen going with push notifications or you're tweeting with a friend or texting with a friend and he said to you, holy cow, what a great catch that was. 
and you haven't seen that catch yet, that's a huge problem. And that's the kind of space that has been, you know, that's what streaming has been living on. And so we built the company basically to solve that issue, to solve the issue of, of delay or latency, to solve the issue of scale. So we can not only uh, stream the content in real time, but we can also stream it to millions of people at the same time. And that's this other thing that we've developed, a piece of IP we call SyncWatch, which allows us to, if you and I were watching a game on the same platform, we would be 10, 20, 30 seconds off. And that's just because the technology is built in such a way that it just does that. With our technology, with SyncWatch, we would be watching at the same time, regardless of what platform we were on and regardless of where we were or what internet connect connection we had. So um, being able to watch it in real time at the same time is really what we've solved. You brought up the uh, AFC championship game and watching it on a 30 to 35 second delay. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get to this in a little bit with you because you actually have an infographic over on your site about um, the different range to real time for all the different streaming platforms for Super Bowl 2020, Super Bowl 2019, and the NFL We're draft. We're going to do so, it this year as well. Yeah, so I'm, I'm fascinated to see what that ultimately looks like, and we'll go over that in just a second. But um, obviously, I, I think for, for sports viewers alike, they want to be as close to the actual game feed as, as humanly possible. When did sports betting start to factor in the mix as part of this conversation? Well, you know, I, I would have to say once possible was actually overturned a couple of years ago. Um, it really changed the dynamic for the industry. And I think as a result, our company as well. I think what betting has done, and we're still not at critical mass, at least in the U.S. Um, I believe once we're at at least you know, half the states with a mobile sports betting law, not just legislation. It's got to be on your device, on your mobile device. Um, that's when we're going to really see a significant amount of uptick in marketing and promotion. Um, you're already seeing it in the, I mean, New Jersey is dropping, is, 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 I don't know. Is, is, I think that the last thing I saw was a, almost a billion dollars in handle. Right, right near a billion, I think in the month, yeah. either November I or mean, December. It was remarkable. They, they, unbelievable. Las Vegas. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine once New York passes and, you know, all the other big states, I mean, you're looking at, um, you know, a, a significant amount of revenue and they're going to have to pass because they're all in, they're in, they're in budget deficit. Um, that's when things are really going to take off, but, but they're already taking off and we're seeing everybody, all the sports leagues, all the broadcasters, I mean, everybody has formed partnerships with the likes of FanDuel and DraftKings and PointsBet and, you know, TAP. And I mean, it's endless how many companies, MGM and uh, Penn and Barstool. So, you know, we're, we're starting to see the need to stream your games in real time so you can start betting in real time. I want to go back to something that you said about your founder, you know, the dissertation about, about streaming um, back in, in 2002, which just to me is, is just a remarkable thought in and of itself. But I, I think about so many companies that are, are sort of on the sharp side, right? They're, they're ahead of the trend. Um, but by the time their, their company is formed, um, either they're still too far ahead of the trend and the, the rest of the, the public can't catch up to them yet and their company ends up failing or, or the opposite is that the trend picks up too quickly. And by the time that they're able to, to get on the ground, 
they've missed their moment. So how did your founder know that a, he would be ahead of the game without necessarily getting too ahead and, and B when did everything really start to pick up in the foundation of this company to know that, okay, if we're going to do something, we have to do this now. Yeah. I, I, you know, I sort of alluded to when he started the company about six years ago, he made a bet. And that bet was that he chose a, a, a different technology to what I described as HLS. It's an open source stack called WebRTC, which stands for Web, Web Real-Time Communication. And without realizing it, everybody has been using a form of WebRTC since the pandemic. Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Google Hangout, Face. I mean, all of these, all of these sort of chat video conferencing tools in some form or another use this sort of web RTC communication. So, but he made a bet six years ago that people are going to want to see their content, their sports content, especially in real time. Six years ago, web RTC was a very nascent technology. It wasn't adapted by the browsers. It was very new. People didn't really adopt it. Nobody really believed it would work. Um, so, you know, he made a big bet on the company that it would, it would be the future and it has turned out to be the right bet because um, WebRTC now is fully adapted. It's standard compliant everywhere. So, um, and that's, that is the future of, of streaming is going to be, I mean, Web, uh, WebRTC is sort of um, the de facto language for real-time streaming. And it, it is what everybody will use. And what we've done is we've had a jumpstart is really what, as you alluded to, you know, we, we jump-started several years ago, but we kind of built the company in stages. So we were ready for when the wave, if you will, which is starting now to happen. And I think the betting piece, you know, when Pospa overturned, that really kind of put our technology in the forefront. So let me, let me just follow up on that really quickly. Obviously, that bet was substantial knowing that you could get out ahead of the game, but is there anything theoretically proprietary about WebRTC that your company has? In other words, is there anything, if we're already starting to see it in all these different other streaming platforms um, and Zoom and Microsoft Teams, is there anything that's preventing other companies from taking that technology um, and basically taking what your company has already been on over the last six years? Well, there's a couple things. Um, there is a number of proprietary pieces that we built. So what Stefan, our founder, um, did is he, as it, as it was developed, WebRTC um, wasn't built to scale, wasn't built to have, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands or millions of people. You can't have a Zoom call right now with, you know, 500,000 people on it. It just, it doesn't work. The technology wasn't built or as such. So he, re he basically rebuilt the technology. It's like taking apart a car part by part and then rebuilding the car. Um, but he built it to scale. So he built it from the ground up. And so we've got some proprietary IP onto it. So yeah, sure. Could somebody else do what we do? Yes. And I imagine at some point they will, you know, you're never the first, you're never the only one. Right. I mean, Coke and Pepsi have lived for what, a hundred years <laughs> and they seem to be doing okay. So I imagine there's going to be other companies that have been able to solve all of the issues that we have. But the key is, is that we're, you know, we've been doing this for a while. We have a lot of experience. It's proven um, it's scalable, it works, and now big clients are starting to, to work with us and understand that, you know what, this is really the future. So over on your website, which is 
uh, phoenixrts.com. And again, phoenix is spelled P-H-E-N-I-X and then the letters rts.com. You can find a, a variety of infographics discussing sort of the comparative range of lag for viewers on the same platform for, as I mentioned, Super Bowl 2020, Super Bowl 2019, or 2019, Super Bowl 2020, Super Bowl 2019, and of course the NFL draft uh, in the midst of a pandemic back in April. Um, you know, I, I found the results, which were all sort of all over the place to be fascinating. You had DirecTV now had the closest range to real time, which was uh, as high as 48 seconds behind. Still a, a wide amount of time when you're talking about trying to stay relevant with watching a sports game, which you assume is, uh, that you're consuming live. Now, the platform that I mentioned, YouTube TV, had a range, Jed, of 154 seconds. That's more than two and a half minutes potentially right. behind. And then you, and then Hulu TV was, was almost three minutes behind. And you mentioned the different technology that, that all these different companies are implying. It's different than, the, than what you guys are using as far as real-time streaming. But I just find it fascinating that in this golden age of so many of us having top-notch internet speeds over you know, gigabyte per second, fiber optic networks, et cetera, why do you think platforms are just so all over the place with this? And then also how much of this is on the consumer and how they're streaming a lot of these live streaming contents? Um, I, you know, it's a, it's a good and tough question because um, we see it, you know, we see it, we, we, we do quite a lot of tests all, all the time. We don't always post them. Um, the Super Bowl is one that we have been posting every year. Um, this year, we may do a couple other things to add to it. But it is kind of shocking when you sit there and realize that you could be a minute or more behind a broadcast. And, you know, that may not sound like a lot, but to your point, certainly to your audience, the betting audience, that's a lifetime. Yeah. And even if you're not Absolutely. betting, even if you're just interacting with your friends, um, you know, cause not everybody bets, but even you may interact and tweet and, and, you know, it just is, it's a lifetime and it's starting to get to the point where it's unacceptable, but you're also talking about companies that have had, you know, a tech stack that's been in place for some time and, They've invested money and capital and human capital and resources into their technology. Um, so it's harder for them to accept the fact that what they're doing may be slower than what could possibly be out there. Um, but I will tell you that it's the, the walls are breaking down pretty quickly because consumers and fans and betters and overseas, the punters, they, they, can't, they won't accept it anymore. And there's just, especially when you don't have to. It's one thing when, you know, early days, this was kind of new and maybe it worked, maybe it didn't, but, you know, it works and um, you don't have to accept it anymore. When do you think these streaming and content providers will ultimately have no choice but to buy in? I think we're looking at the next probably one to two years between before most of the ones that are not moving away from their older tech stacks and their, you know, their alignments, they're going to have to start thinking about what we're seeing. Is, you know, it's funny, betting has been sort of kind of a great you know, entry point for a lot of companies that we talk to, especially some of the broadcasters, because it's easy for us to create sort of an alternate stream. You know, the NBA did a, a second feed called NBA Bet TV Bet, Bet Stream, and it was basically a second feed 
just for those who want to bet. It was separate announcers, separate graphics, and it had, you know, all the odds and everything that they wanted. Um, and I think that those are the easy places for us to start and have been in terms of conversations that we're having with a lot of the leagues and a lot of the broadcasters to say, you know what, let's create a second feed and then we can kind of grow from there. That's really interesting. So it wouldn't necessarily be a theoretical partnership where you're saying let's change entirely how we want to be able to present this broadcast. You're almost sort of saying like, here's kind of a bit of a sample of what we do. Let's see how this audience interacts with it. Exactly. And then once you see that, you know, all of a sudden the, the social communication and the efforts are, are there far more so than your traditional streaming generators, um, then it's almost easier for them to say like, all right, we're, we're in, we're sold. It's exactly right. You know, once, what we've seen is once you experience real time, you can't go back. You just, you can't go back to a 30 or 20 or 15 second delay once you're at real time. It's just impossible. As far as the research that you guys have been doing over the course of these last several years, what specifically have you heard from sports bettors and sports viewers with regards to sort of what they want to see be improved? Is it just, I want to make sure that I'm not dragging behind. Is there anything else that if you're creating this other real-time streaming platform that they'd want to have incorporated into their content? Absolutely. So, um, you know, listening to some of your, some of the podcasts that you guys do, um, I mentioned, I, I hear a lot of, you know, in-game or prop bets and, and how you, you know, how you guys talk about that, which is fascinating to me. Um, you know, today's in-game or prop betting is, you know, will the Chiefs score a touchdown on the next drive? Or, you know, will there be a field goal? Who's going to kick the first field goal in the fourth quarter or something along those lines? Do, you know, once the game has started, does the point spread change because the Chiefs are up by two touchdowns? All of a sudden, what happens to the underdog? And that's all well and good. But what now we're starting to see because we're delivering real-time technology is not will the Chiefs score in the fourth quarter, Will Patrick Mahomes throw a touchdown on this play? Will Aaron Judge hit a home run on this pitch? That's what changes when you start talking about, you know, streaming your game in real time, because now you're literally, you can bet on every single play in the game. And that's where I think, um, that's where I think the next sort of stage of betting could be will be and you know and you know who a big audience for that is is people right in my demographic yeah. men and women between the ages of 25 and 34 especially i, I think about baseball because I, I love baseball and i still sort of had that romantic notion connecting back to the game that i, I grew up watching and i still love but baseball has an issue with younger fans and 100 by in, i don't want to say necessarily embracing uh, the betting public, but I think that's essentially what it is. If they say to themselves, okay, like we already have an issue when it comes to sharing our streaming content, maybe we're trying to get a little bit better at that. And I, th I think it's a big win for them that Theo Epstein has now joined the commissioner's office because this is somebody that is, is well intact with a lot of these different trends and understands what baseball fans are looking for. Um, but I, I think that changes the in-game experience. That changes if you're out at a ball game with your friends, or if you're at home, you're more likely to want to tune in, especially as an, a younger audience member for baseball, knowing that pitch by pitch with all the lag time, you can hop on your phone. You can make that bet like that. And that That's I think exactly could be, right. I think it yeah. could be a saving grace for baseball. I really do. Yeah. And, and imagine, you know, 
when the time comes that we'll actually be able to go to a bar with our friends and yeah, watch a game again, <laughs> which nice. we all hope is coming sooner, sooner rather than later. Um, but it's going to come soon and it will come again. I mean, the fact that you can all hang around and, you know, well, no way he's not going to, he's not going to hit that. You know, this guy's pitching, he's pitching lights out. He's not going to, you know, I mean, there's just so many things you can do from a betting standpoint, from a, just a pure gamification standpoint. Um, you know, and the, the, the other people who love or will love what we're doing are the broadcasters, because if you're watching a game and it's 10 nothing, you know, you may tune out because it's a blowout. But if you can bet on every pitch or every strike or every football player or every whatever it is that you're watching, well, then you're going to stay engaged for that much longer because now, you know, you're, you're playing games, you're betting, you're, you're having fun, right. you're betting against your friends. I mean, it just, it, it's a win for everybody in that regard. Has there been any conversation into sort of incorporating sort of a communication aspect of the real-time streaming? You mentioned like having a network with your friends and talking about all the different plays and bets you can make. Is that something that you guys have had conversations about that within the technology that you'd be building for a lot of these media networks, there would be a way to sort of create a chat feature or an additional uh, video real-time streaming feature that you, know, you can be watching this game together uh, and then say, you know what, this is where I'm going to bet. And my friend says, all right, I'm on it too, or you're on, we can make the bet together. Has that been a part of the conversation as well? Oh my God. Yes. Um, in fact, uh, we have a feature just like that right now. It's called Watch Together. Um, we've been doing it um, this past football season with our partner Verizon uh, for all the NFL games, for those who have the Verizon, uh, the newer Verizon phones. Um, and basically what it is, is you and three of your friends can watch a game on a mobile device, all watching together and chatting. Now, there isn't the betting aspect of it yet. That's sort of the next the next step of it, you hit on exactly what will be the, you know, sort of phase two of it is not only are you watching now you're betting, you've got, you know, you're, you're all open to FanDuel or DraftKings. Let's use DraftKings since that's, that's your sponsor. Um, <laughs> you're all good. open to the, the, the DraftKings. Yeah, you're all playing the game on watching the game on DraftKings and you can all bet on DraftKings. You can bet against each other, sort of peer wagering. I mean, that's where this becomes really kind of a fun, you know, fun to think about. All right. So you actually led me right into my final question for you. And I, again, this has been just such a, an insightful and fun conversation. Uh, Jed Korenthal, the chief marketing officer for Phoenix, kind enough to join us here on the SI Gambling Podcast. So, you know, you brought up sort of the, the incorporation of Watch Together with Verizon. And I've thought a lot about the prospect of whether or not these different sports books, especially these online mobile sports books, um, would look to invest in these carrier rights to a lot of the different games that people are betting on. So, you know, for example, you mentioned Verizon as part of an NFL streamer. So you can stream games on Yahoo as well. You can browse through the apps and watch games simultaneously. That's right. I I'd love to know, and I'm not sure how much of this you can reveal or not, but I I'd love to know if you guys have talked to any sports books that have discussed something in that range, the idea where you can you know, stream in on games that you intend to bet on either pregame or in play. Uh, because frankly, as far as I'm concerned, if you have a real-time feed built into the betting platform, then people, people aren't going to leave the app. You're going to get you're right. engagement numbers through the roof. Yeah, no, you're right. So we're doing it in the UK right now with a company called Stats Perform. And we do, um, we've streamed all of, we do stream all of their horse racing 
right now overseas. So if you're in the UK and you have access to, you know, the SkyBet app or the Paddy Power or soon to be uh, Bet365 or William Hill, some of these other apps, you can do what they call a watch and bet. I mean, you're basically just exactly what you said. You're on the app. You're on the Sportsbook app. You can place your bet and watch the race as you're, you're never leaving the app. It's right there in front of you. That I think is going to, to start. It's, it, FanDuel has a little streaming. Um, I think DraftKings may have a little bit of streaming. There's not a lot of streaming yet on the sports books here in the U S because to your point, it's a rights, you know, they'll have to acquire rights and whatnot. Um, but I do think that the watch and bet, um, sort of lifestyle, if you will, is going to be a big part of what happens in the U.S. over the next one to three years. No question about it. That's a fun time. It's an exciting time to be a sports yeah. better and, and also uh, to be working in an industry like yours, Jed, the idea of being able to change uh, and really uh, impact the way that we as sports bettors and sports viewers are consuming our content uh, and changing it for the better. So uh, I, I wish you nothing but the best. It's been a lot of fun. I, I look forward to staying in touch and, and watching as, uh, as things start to you know, become more and more involved. Uh, we're going to start to be able to stream sports in real time and uh, count me in as somebody who is uh, very excited for that change to happen. So thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure, Ben. Thank you.